Revelation 12:11 And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death. Welcome to By the Word of Their Testimony and here is your host Etienne McClintock. Dear listener, greetings and a warm welcome. Thank you for tuning into the program again today. I'm delighted to have your company. Now, last week we had a very interesting interview. We had Suzanne Wiemeister all the way from California, the USA, via Skype, sharing her story. Now, Suzanne is also a writer. She's written the book Rebel Girl, The Fatherless Daughter, where she shares her testimony, her life experience, and how the Lord has transformed and changed her life after she's gone through some very horrific experiences. But... As we said last time, it'll be nice to have her back, and she has agreed again today to part, do part two of her testimony. So, Suzanne, welcome to the program again. Thank you. It's my pleasure to do part two. Excellent. Now, I understand that you are busy working on a second book. What is the second book called? So the second book is called Rebel Girl, um, Rebel Girl Recovered. The first book is Rebel Girl, Fatherless Daughter, and that details... My story through abuse, sexual assault, drugs, crime, teen pregnancy, abortion, countless broken relationships, abuse in the family, and so much more. <laughs> and then Rebel wow. Girl Recovered is the after I became a Christian. I mm. like to say that's when the rubber meets the road and the real work begins. Okay, so because that's because it's the work of healing and forgiving. So right, so that's, that's really when the hard work, so, so to speak, begins. Because all the other ones you experienced, you in a sense were a victim of things that sometimes were outside of your circumstances. Now you are taking control of that. But I guess the difficult thing is you're going through this. You've got to deal with how do you you cope with what other people have done and how you able to forgive people for what they have done to you. Yes, that's right. Exactly. Hmm. So where are we picking the story up from um, today? When we left off last time, he just said what God had done, that he'd been able to to take you away from even uh, satanic worship and that, and that you had some supernatural experiences, even when you were playing a guitar, and you're not a guitar player. And by the no. time you'd come around again after you'd come out of this trance, your fingers were bleeding because they weren't used to playing the, the, the strings on the guitar. Yes. Um, and if Satan had his way, he would have kept me. Um, angry and um, bitter, as you remember from last week, I uh, detailed there were countless sexual assaults in my life, uh, mm. raped more than once, starting from 15 to 22. I was raped as a young teen by a man 10 years older than myself, and it took me completely by surprise because he was supposed to be safe and taking me to Bible study and so forth. And then the last time I was raped, there was a you know, some instances in between there, but for the sake of time, I'm just going to um, let your listeners know that, you know, I was raped by an acquaintance, someone I barely knew, drugged my beer at a party, and then uh, he violently raped me twice that night. Mm. Just to give your listeners an opportunity to know that I really have experienced some of the worst 
of the worst that you know, people can experience in this regard. You know, I'd been through all these different things, and then I became a Christian, and then I got married, and then I started having children. And currently, I have five children, and I'm seven months pregnant with my sixth child. So um, as a mother, um, my number one fear, first of all, and many women will identify with this, was that the same things that happened to me would happen to my children. Mm-hmm. And that has been my worst fear. And so I would try to control the environment and circumstances and just try to really put the lock down on my kids because I didn't really trust God to take care of them. I was angry at God and I was bitter and I hadn't really forgave the people who had done these awful things to me. Mm. And so um, the real work begins because um, I I was desperate for answers, but at the same time, I was so angry. Uh, I loved God. I knew God was real. I uh, he was my father now, but I was still angry. You know how I could not really come to terms, even as a Christian, with why God allows suffering mm. and why God allowed these things to happen to me. I, I just couldn't come to grips with it, and then I was terrified, terrified that these things would happen to my children. And I would even lay at night and envision these things happening to my children, and play the situations through my head. And what would I do? Wow. So I, I'm going to go ahead and move forward. Um, I call this the five steps to forgiveness um, and recovery. Okay. Um, turning anger and bitterness into the power of Christ, really into the power of love. And um, I, this is not an exhaustive list. Um, just for the sake of time, I pulled out what I think are the five most important principles. There are other principles that I have discovered along the way in the Bible. And all of this is from... Um, reading the Bible mm. and the spirit of prophecy, um, all of these solutions and um, steps that the Lord took me through, they're all in the Bible. Anyone can find them. And, um, uh, you know, I, I found a definition that really rang true with me about um, really defines what sexual assault is. And that's in Deuteronomy 22:26, And it defines sexual assault um, defined in the Bible as murder of the soul. Mm. And I, I think that's really important because um, it, you, you become angry, you become bitter, and you also believe that what happened to you was absolutely the worst thing that could happen to somebody. And how could God let you go through the worst thing? And and then you look at your offender as like the most low-down dirty person how could they do that to you they don't deserve the air they breathe (laughs) Mm. so how do you how do you forgive a person that you view in that way this is not a person who cut you off in traffic this is not a person who you know hurt your feelings this is somebody who really you know tried to have power over you for Mm. their own gratification how do you forgive that how do you let the love of christ come into your heart and so I, I want to start this testimonial with a question. Do you think that the God who says it'd be better that a millstone were tied around your neck than to offend against the little ones is the same God that says, forgive your enemies, forgive those who spitefully use you and persecute you? The answer is, yes, it's the same God. Mm. Um, the same God who said, forgive your offenders is no different than the God who says it would be better for your offender to be 
nearly dead than to offend against the innocent. Um, it's the same God. It's the same God that says forgive, and yet is will you know have um, vengeance as mine, says the Lord. Sure. And I ask that question because this, uh, the second question I have is, um, do we trust that God is just? Do we trust God with our case? And I had to ask myself, do I trust God to deal with my offender? Do I trust him with justice? Mm. Um, when he says vengeance is mine, do I trust him on my on to really take care of that person, or am I worried that he's going to just let that person get away with it? And that's really what what victims uh, a lot of times why I didn't want to forgive is because I believed that forgiveness equaled letting them get away with it, a lack of consequences. Right. So no justice. There was no justice in forgiveness mm. for me. Wow. And I want to just, you know, this is a timely interview because the Me Too movement is sweeping the world. We have it in our country. We've we've just gone through several weeks of, you know, really painful, um, really publicized sexual abuse cases in our country. And so our nation is kind of hurting in that area. Mm. Um, but I, I believe that God has allowed this movement and because God, God, anything that happens, God allows, you know, God is is the sovereign creator of our universe. Hmm. I believe he's in charge completely. I believe he'll use the Me Too movement for his purposes. But I also believe that any movement void of Christ um, is going to lack balance and solutions. Right. Um, because really, um, after the dirty laundry is aired and everyone has told their stories, then what? What do we do? Hmm. Um because without Christ, we have nothing to offer our victims because he is, is the great healer. Um, so it has been said, if you want to start a riot or a revolution, tell people what their rights are. But if you want to start a revival, then tell people what their responsibilities are. Right. And I, I believe that we have a responsibility to forgive mm. so that we ourselves can be forgiven. And I don't say that lightly. I say that as somebody who's been assaulted. Um, and um, so I'm I'm going to go ahead and, and jump into the time when, um, you know, I've had, I'm married, I've had my children, and I get the worst call a mother can get. Mm. And then I'm going to pause it there for your listeners so it's a bit of a cliffhanger. Um, as to what happened next in my testimony, I'm going to leave that for step four. Um, okay. But after um, after I got the worst call a mother could get, um, and I'm sure your listeners can kind of guess where that call is headed, but I spent two years in the criminal court system. Um, so from 2014, I spent every free moment studying uh, sexual assault in the Bible and the spirit of prophecy. Um I plunged uh, deep into the mind of a sex offender by watching counseling group section, uh, sessions with convicted sex offenders in prison. Um, I studied the psychology of sex offenders just for years. This is what I was doing every day with my time, studying the victimology of victims of sexual abuse and assault. And then I sought out to and gain friendships with world-renowned experts in this area, um, people that advise heads of state, 
um, experts in the dark net, which includes child pornography. And I was really blessed to be able to bring some of these experts to my church to do um, community outreach and free um, education in these areas. Mm. And so I gained contact with law enforcement. I deal primarily with child abuse, assault, and abduction. And then I reached out to some of the most famous cases in the United States, um, victims uh, of those cases. And I basically worked on establishing a network of people that I could call for advice because I, I needed information. I wanted to become educated. And it's a very dark, dark topic to become, in, you know, uh, to need information on. But I believe that the Lord, and I believe this firmly, that the Lord has allowed all these things to touch my life for a reason. Mm. And I, I said to myself, this, this keeps happening to me over and over and over again. I need to, I need to, you know, uh, I need to understand this. Um, if it can be prevented, then I need to use my God given wisdom to prevent it. And if God wants me to reach out to others because of it, that's exactly what I'll do. So, um, it kind of catapulted me into, um, becoming, you know, this is, this, this was a, you know, a strong, not just an interest, but something that became part of my life. And so, um, I, I found that there's a really good definition of wisdom and that's wisdom is looking at life from God's perspective. And I believe that forgiveness is really a form of wisdom. Mm. Um, it's, it's, uh, forgiveness is a shift in perspective. Um, so say for instance, uh, 18, a criminal breaks into your, your backyard and burns down your garage. Yeah. Uh, you'd be pretty upset, wouldn't you? Mm, of course. But say your neighbor, say, then say you found out your neighbor took out an insurance policy on that same garage for a couple million pounds. Or you have it's pounds in Australia, right? It's, it's dollars here, yeah. <laughs> oh, dollars. Okay, all right. I was trying to be uh, smart there, but right, <laughs> it didn't okay. work. Okay, so for a couple million dollars, uh, you get your neighbor took out an insurance policy on your garage. Are you still upset that it burned down? Well, yes. If you're not going to get the the garage rebuilt, but if your neighbor is going to rebuild it for you with that insurance policy, that would be you'd feel a lot but better. But he took it. But say your neighbor took out that insurance policy on on your behalf, and you get the money. Oh, I'd love that neighbor a lot, and I'll be very grateful. <laughs> then I won't feel so yes. bad about the fact that it burned down in the first place. Yeah. So, so that's a good illustration. It's kind of a trite illustration, but it's an illustration nonetheless. That mm. uh, forgiveness is coming to a point. Um, it's a change in perspective and it's coming to a point where you can rejoice even in the worst kind of suffering. Yes. And we can only do that really through the power of Christ. Mm, but I, uh, forgiveness is the greatest justice we can offer a situation. The greatest justice. Offended. Wow. Okay. Yes. And let me explain why. Um, mm. When we fail to forgive, we are really saying that we want our own revenge. We don't trust God. And the Bible says, vengeance is mine in Deuteronomy 32, 35. You know, most people know that verse. And then in Romans 12, 19. And, but we also kind of tie God's hands for him to bring the correct consequences on our offender because of one reason. God doesn't violate his own word. And when God says, uh, rejoice not when thine enemy falleth, 
and let not thy let not thine heart be glad when he stumbles. That's Proverbs twenty four seventeen. Mm. Um, when we know in our hearts that we would be thrilled to see our enemy or our offender get exactly what we think he or she deserves, then we are no, we know we're not walking in forgiveness. Right. And God is not going to want to see his children, his daughter, you know, like me, that he loves, jumping up and down for joy when something awful happens to my enemy. Because this is the same God that said, forgive your enemies, do good to those um, that persecute you. Mm. So um, in a way, I feel like we kind of, um, and, and I believe this is biblical, that we hold God back when we um, are so hateful towards our enemy and just wish to see them suffer. Um, because it is, it's almost, you know, it's, it's asking God to do something bad in my own life because he does, God does not want to see me rejoice in another's downfall, even my offender. Sure. So sure. I, I believe that forgiveness is the best thing we can offer any mm. situation where we've been offended. And it doesn't mean that our offender gets away with it. And like I'll talk about um, later on, you know, I've seen firsthand that when I forgive and I, I truly forgive that this person has offended me, um, I, I see that consequences are brought to them and I'm not happy when they happen either. I'm actually, you know, I've, I have felt brokenhearted that, that they've had to suffer. Um, mm. So in actuality, uh, forgiveness is the best revenge if you need a word to term it like that because we have to look at forgiveness not as the weak thing to do but as the right thing to do and the strongest remedy for offenses mm. um it's it's what we have to decide to do and um but forgiveness is really multifaceted this is there's so many aspects to what forgiveness is um that i'm just going to go into a few uh of the the five steps and i'm going to start here with um, the danger of not forgiving is if we do not forgive, we have a biblical uh, example in Absalom in 2 Samuel 16, 22, his brother Amnon raped his half-sister Tamar. And Absalom was just absolutely beside himself with anger about this, as rightfully he should be. That's his sister, but his father didn't deal with it appropriately, so Absalom rebels. But then Absalom ends up raping his father's concubines, and he rapes 10 of them. Mm. So where he Absalom's angry over the one rape of his sister, he becomes angry and bitter. He refuses to forgive, and he becomes worse, a worse rapist. And this is a biblical example of if we don't forgive, we risk hurting ourselves or others worse than what we were originally angry about. Wow, and that's such an important point that you raised there. So we can actually become worse than the thing we despise to start off with. Yes, and mm. so um, the first the first step that um, I believe is critical to forgiveness is reporting. Um, it, it, in other words, what I mean by reporting is um, there were quite, I'm going to go ahead and uh, tell us, you know, part of my testimony that there were quite a few inappropriate things that happened with my stepfather that I would class as sexual harassment, and sexual abuse um, mm. while I was living with them. But then I got married, had children, and I noticed um, 
that even after leaving their home, I was I was in prison still. Like I I, I I just couldn't get those things out of my mind. I dwelled on them. They turned over and over in my head. I thought about them all the time. Every day it was like I was being mentally tortured by them. Mm. And anyone who's been sexually assaulted will know what I'm talking about. It just plays in your mind. And I hated my stepfather. And um, one of the one of the reasons uh, why was because I hadn't told I, I had not reported this. I tried to tell my mother and I had told a few friends, but I never appropriately reported this the way I should. Hmm. And when I started really reading the Bible, I found in Deuteronomy 22, 23 to 24, that secrecy is the same as guilt. It's a story of it's, it's the Levitical law um, where uh, a young woman is raped in a city and she doesn't scream. She doesn't tell anybody. She keeps it a secret Mm. and she's guilty. And I, I, you know, in this verse, uh, secrets, secrecy is the same as guilt because our secrets make us sick. And God knows that. And that word cry in this verse, um, Deuteronomy 22, 24 in the Hebrew can be translated as to proclaim in an assembly, like a tribunal of justice. Mm. But in any way, this woman is letting people know, she's screaming that something is happening, it's wrong, she doesn't keep the secret. And over and over we find in Scripture, um, Scripture talks about all the time, bringing the secret things in darkness to the light. And the appropriate way to bring those these secrets to the light is to tell the local authorities, a pastor, a teacher, a parent, but we must report, we cannot keep secrets because even years after it became a Seventh-day Adventist and I was married with children, I was suffering with anger and bitterness at God because of all these things he allowed to happen to me. And I, I started, once I started the process of reporting um, the abuse, even though it was years later and uh, nothing really came of it because it was the statute of limitations had expired, um, I felt a burden come off of me. And I reported also to my local church and my church conference um, because my stepfather was a part of the church. And I was blessed by how my church um, provided me with free counseling and support on the phone. And um, I was just tremendously blessed that my church would wrap its arms around me in that way. And so I felt like I was free to move forward with forgiveness because I was no longer carrying the burden of a secret. Um, and so that that's the first step that I detail in this book is reporting. And I just want to let your listeners know, um, in Australia, there's a 24-hour support line for victims of, uh, of abuse mm. and domestic abuse. And um, it's the, the, the phone number for that hotline is 1-800-737732. And then the uh, website is 1-800-RESPECT.org. .au. So um, then the second step in uh, forgiveness is the Bible says in Ephesians 5, 26 and 27, don't let the sun go down on your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Mm. So we know, and I know from my experiences in the occult, that we can give a place in our heart to the devil. We can give things to the devil. <laughs> and when we are, we have that freedom of choice. God blessed us with, you know, we're not robots. We can choose who we want. And uh, when we're angry and hold anger against someone, um, uh, we 
allow and we hold that wrath, we give a place in our hearts to Satan because um, God is love. And we, if we're holding hatred for somebody, even if they, they deserve it, um, it's, you know, we are giving Satan a place in our hearts. And then our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. I believe that we can, through anger and bitterness, uh, really give, give Satan access to our mm, lives. Sure. And that's what I was experiencing as a victim, with it playing over and over in my head. Uh, Satan knew that he all he had to do was strike that one arrow at me, and that one fiery dart. And see, a fiery dart in Paul's day was they would take pitch, and they would put it on—it was the most feared weapon. They would take pitch, and they would put it on a dart— and they'd shoot it some shoot it at someone. So even when the person took it out of their chest or wherever they got shot, it still burned and it 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 burned. Mm. Well, that's what anger and bitterness does. And when we're offended, especially a sexual offense, it's like it just burns us for the rest of our life. That's why God, the Bible defines it as um, a death, a, a, almost a death that's done to us, death of the soul, mm. because it just burns us. If we don't surrender th these things to Christ, it will just keep coming back. And Satan was just allowed to just torture me with these things playing over and over in my head. And so I had to give my heart back to Christ. And sometimes I have to do this. And, you know, if it's summertime and it, I re I'm reminded of these assaults, you know, sometimes I do this every morning just just to really get right with the Lord. I, I say in the name of Jesus. And especially at this time, when I was really struggling with hatred against my stepfather, I said, in the name of Jesus, Lord, take back the ground I've given to Satan by being bitter and angry at my stepfather mm. and plant your standard of love there in my heart. Forgive me of my pride for thinking and acting like what was done to me was worse than what I did to you. And give me your forgiveness for others because I don't have it of my own self. Wow. And so there, there are days where I, you know, to be honest, where I have to do that regularly for mm. my offenders. Yeah, no, that's incredible. I, I, I can relate to what you're saying in, in the sense that oh, there's been people that I have had to forgive as well, and I've really struggled with that. And uh, what you're saying here is that we're giving ground to the devil if we don't forgive them because ultimately our sins were part of why Jesus died on the cross and he had to suffer so much. That's right. And, you know, That's it's right. like us wanting to forgive a $100. Uh, we want someone who owes us 100 bucks. We don't want to forgive them, but we owe a million dollars to the Lord or a billion dollars to That's the Lord. Right. And uh, we expect forgiveness from him, but we're not willing to forgive a, a lesser sin, I guess, in regards to what someone has yeah. done to us. Mm-hmm. Mm. So the third step is is really where the, I felt the blessings. That's just this weight started shedding off of me, um, and that's bless those that curse you, um, bless those that curse you, pray for those that spitefully use you, in Luke six twenty eight. Um, and then I want to add where your treasure is, there will your heart be also, and and that's Matthew six twenty one. Our mm. time is a treasure, so when we spend time in prayer. And even just take the time to bless our offenders, we are blessed in an incredibly profound way. I was noticing that my heart was starting to heal as I was blessing those that have offended against me. And I started to bless my stepfather and mother by giving the priestly blessing in number 622. I say, Lord, may the Lord bless 
my stepfather and my mother and keep them. May you make your face to shine upon them. May you lift up your countenance upon them and give them peace. And then I would pray and give them healing. And when Mm -hmm. I started spending the time and following Christ, what Christ asked us to do and blessing those that are cursing me, I just felt my heart was really starting to heal. And that's something that even if I have a, if I have a bad thought about my stepfather, like, Oh, he shouldn't have done that to you. And I start really replaying the the things that happened to me. I just start blessing him. And Satan doesn't want to throw fiery darts at somebody. If he knows every time he does it, you're just going to start blessing that person. It just loses all power. Wow. Look, we're just going to take a break there, Suzanne. Um, Dear listener, dear listener, don't go away. We're just going to take a short break here and we're going to come back. My guest all the way from California via Skype is Suzanne Wiemeister, who's written a book, Rebel Girl, The Fatherless Daughter, and is currently giving us a little bit of a sneak preview on the second book she's about to write called Rebel Girl Recovered. So, dear listener, we'll take a break and we'll be right back after this message. Welcome to the minute that makes a difference. I'm Margot Marshall. What difference would it make if you made a habit of being grateful? Gratitude actually has measurable health benefits. For example, adults who keep gratitude journals on a regular basis exercise more regularly, they report fewer illness symptoms, feel better about their lives as a whole, and are more optimistic about the future. Gratitude is actually a science. And it's also ancient wisdom, having way over a hundred mentions in the Bible. And there's a lot to be thankful for. Albert Einstein admitted that he needed to remind himself a hundred times a day that his inner and outer life depended on the labours of other people, living and dead. So cultivate gratitude. It makes a difference. Dear listener, welcome back. I have, as a special guest with me via Skype from California, Suzanne Wiemeister. And Suzanne wrote the book, Rebel Girl, The Fatherless Daughter. And today she's sharing with us a process to go through to make sure that you can get some of that anger and resentment and aggression out of your life so you can be set free by your Heavenly Father. And she is going through a five-step process which will form part of her second book called Rebel Girl Recovered. Now, the first three steps you've just covered, and just before the break, you were talking about step three, which is about forgiveness. Yes. And perhaps you can just recap uh, for us on that, please. No problem. So step one is report bringing uh, secrets out of the darkness to the light. And step two is um, surrender, surrendering to Christ, surrendering your heart back to Christ. Step three is bless those that curse you. Bless those that curse you, right. Yes, and the fourth step, and equally the hardest, is recognizing the benefits of what happened to me. Now, I know that sounds really difficult, but you'll see in the story of Joseph, um, which is in Genesis Genesis 45, 5 to 8, the scripture I'm going to reference, that God, uh, he says, and God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So it was not you, he's speaking to his brothers who sold him into slavery, who sent me here, but God, and he has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Mm. So I'm going to pick up with the cliffhanger. I got the worst call a mother could get. 
And on the other line was um, uh, one of my children. And while they were not in my care, they had been attacked and viciously assaulted. And in that moment, all the years after I became a, you know, after I'd gone through all the, the drugs and the abuse and um, just all these different awful things, and then I got married and then I had my own children, um, that was my worst fear. And I was angry at God, just so angry that he would allow all these awful things to happen to me. All I wanted was a father. And it seemed like all I got was evil, uh, evil men. Um, and I put myself in these situations. And then sometimes these things were just done to me. There, there was no control. I had no control. And I would lose my sense of power. And so I get this phone call. And um, I knew in that moment... Um, all those years that I had been angry at God uh, as a Christian, that God was using my experiences. And the question came, the Holy Spirit spoke to my mind and said, Suzanne, would you go through all of that again just to know how to react to your child whom you love in this moment? And I thought to myself, I would go through all that ugliness over and over and over and over again just to know how to react to my child in this moment. Mm. Because of everything that I had been through, I knew exactly what my child needed in that moment. Mm. They did not need me to get angry. They did not need me to get emotional. They did not need me to think about, oh, you know, I'm, I, I never wanted this to happen to me ever, you know, and, and think about how this was my worst fear and panic. They needed me to be a mother and have wisdom. And having wisdom is looking at life from God's perspective. They needed me to do the right thing. They needed a sound um, advocate in that moment. And so I didn't get upset. And that's the number one thing when, when somebody discloses to you, a victim discloses to you, if you have this huge emotional response, they'll clam up immediately. They, they won't tell you anymore. They'll, they'll test you with just a little drop of what happened. Mm. And once they see someone hit the roof or, you know, kind of pull back in horror, that's it. You've, you, they, they really won't kind of keep going. And so you have to be really controlled and you have to not react and you have to be willing to not think of yourself at all. You have to think about how this person is perceiving your body language, your, what you're saying, and in that, you know, I knew all of this in, in, I would say instinctively, but it wasn't instinctively. It was the Holy Spirit speaking to me because, um, you know, up until this point, the adults that my child had been with, um, they couldn't really get the full story out of them. Now I'm their mother, of course, but, um, I was able to be the pillar in that moment that my child needed. And so, um, you know, from, from that, you know, like I said before, we ended up in the criminal court system because I knew um, that so many of these things had happened to me in my life that, um, you know, so many times I would tell my mother, this has happened to me and she wouldn't believe me or it was like she wouldn't even hear it. And I knew how important it would be for my child to feel that justice was done in the situation and that mm. the most the imperfect way our justice, any justice system in any country is not a perfect justice system because we are a flawed justice system because we are human beings. Mm. 
the only perfect justice system is going to be God's justice system. Yes, amen. But but it is God wants us. You know, talked about in Romans, God wants us to turn to the law of the land um, in situations like these because He has the heart of the King is in the hand of the Lord, like rivers of water. He, you know, the the justice system is still in the control of the Lord. So I knew that my child would need um, to to know that their mother was doing everything she could to uh, create a sense of um, that there was consequences or justice. Now I didn't bring any charges against um, against my child's offender, um, but the the state did. It's kind of like your prosecuting crown. Yes, um, in Australia, yes. So, Yes, mm. but I made sure that um, I was my child's advocate. That I didn't, I did not make it um, about myself or all the things that had happened in my own past. And I realized that all these awful things had happened to me, and that I was able to reach my child in a unique way that really um, nobody else could, because I knew exactly what they were going through, and I knew exactly how they felt. And um, it was a real blessing to me. So a shift, uh, like I said, forgiveness is a shift in perspective. Um, I started seeing all that happened to me as a benefit. I started saying wow. to myself that I was happy that these things happened to me because now I can reach others. And I was noticing that I was going through this, you know, long ruling court process um, that uh, people were coming and talking to me and they were sharing their stories with me and they were sharing their heart with me and their deepest, darkest, you know, pain they were telling mm. me about. And I realized that I could encourage others that even though you've been through the worst possible thing that, you know, most women other than death, that most women feel that they could go through. God wants to use it for his, you know, to bless others for his glory. Mm. And so, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose, Romans 8, 28. And I just want to encourage people that I feel that though my body was broken, God just gave me, the more my body was broken, the, the stronger the Lord seemed to be with me. It was like he enriched my spirit. And we see that in the book, um, in, in, in the Bible with the book of Daniel, because Daniel was sexually assaulted. He was castrated. Mm. And, um, so he experienced that shame, that belittlement, the, the something was taken from him, but his spirit, God used him. He was rich in spirit. And, you know, God blessed him. And so I, um, and, and there are other examples of lots of, you know, there is, the Bible is full of instances of sexual assault. And I like to pull that out in Rebel Girl because um, Ahithophel, uh, his, his granddaughter uh, Bathsheba was, was, you know, uh, sexually assaulted um, in a way, um, because, but he, because it, what we would term today, um, as such, because of the power differential of the king, you know, David being the king. 
Um, but the Bible give, gives us an example of Ahithophel getting bitter. But Bathsheba's father, Eliam, he forgives David. He's one of David's mighty men mm. because he can look to Christ. He knows, he believes in the prophecies of Jesus Christ. He's looking for the coming Messiah. He forgives David uh, for what happened with his daughter. Um, his father, though, Bathsheba's grandfather, he gets bitter. And the, and the end result of that is he kills himself. It's soul suicide. Mm. So um, in, in, in Thessalonians 5.18, it says, And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. And why is this the will of God? Because if we face evil experiences and we choose to rejoice, then God has one set of rewards for us. But if we get bitter, um, then we really are tormented and tortured by you know, Satan having ground in our life. Um, uh, people respond to us differently. Circumstances work out differently. You know, bitter, bitter people attract bitter people, mm. and it just seems as if uh, life doesn't go right. And and you're not able to reach out and really help p- people. Second um, Corinthians one three to four says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation." that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the same comfort with we, which we ourselves are comforted by God. Mm. That's one of my favorite verses because that's the benefit right there is um, like I talked about with the garage burning down, um, something awful happened. But if we can start to look at it like Joseph, that you meant, it, you meant to do evil to me, but God is turning this around, and he is going to use me powerfully because of it. We can start to change our perspective, and forgiveness can become wisdom. We can look at life from God's angle. Um, so Christ has also experienced this, and he's the best example in the Bible mm. because um, he suffered and died so that he could encourage us because um, he's our brother who's been tempted in all, just like we've been tempted. Um, He knows exactly what we're going through. Um, And he wouldn't know that unless he came here. And so Jesus has experienced being abused. In Matthew 27, 28, says that Jesus was publicly stripped naked. Um, A scarlet robe was put on him. A crown of thorns was put on his head. Um, a crown of thorns was no joke. It's painful. It was, he was beat. He was hurt. He was tremendously hurt. Mm. Um, he was bleeding. Uh, he was tortured. Um, he was pretty much taken captive and tortured in today's, uh, world. Um, that wouldn't be tolerated. That's considered cruel, and unusual punishment. It's considered torture. It's, we wouldn't do, we get outraged if that happens to an animal. But yes. this was happening to Christ. He was being assaulted. You know, physically, he was being just wounded. And um, he's experienced that humiliation, that power being taken from him. The Romans just wanted to display their, how, you know, how, how much in charge they were over him. And he was tempted, just as we are, um, to, he had every opportunity to get angry when someone hurt him, 
Um, and, and when Peter denied him, I mean, talk about an offense. You're supposed yeah. to be my best friend. I'm going through the worst experience. You know, any person can, any, anyone can experience mm. and you're leaving me. I mean, anyone that's been a, a felt feelings of abandonment can know that Christ has been abandoned. He knows yeah. what that is. Um, and he's been through, through a predator's abusing its victim. And he, Christ was the ultimate victim on the cross. Um, but he's also the ultimate survivor. Mm. He survived the worst kind of abuse that all evil can throw at any single person in all time. Um, and we need to look at how Christ survived his own abuse and murder. Um, it was through forgiveness and because of forgiveness that he has power to do what he did for us. He said, Father, forgive them because he wanted to give us the power to be overcomers. And um, he wanted to give us forgiveness. That's why he died for us. And to Jesus Christ, the son of God, dying on the cross, beaten and abused, um, treated horrifically, he knew that he could he knew that the benefit of suffering on the cross was us. Mm. You know, the benefit for him, just like Joseph, the benefit of being sold into slavery and betrayed by his brothers was that he was able to save his brothers and save his family. And just, it's just the same with Christ, even on a, you know, a grand, uh, world life saving universe saving scale yes that to jesus we are the reason and blessing from his intense suffering there is meant to be a blessing in suffering um i didn't think i would have time to go through this but i might just uh because i will cover this in recovered rebel girl recovered mm. that i was born with a genetic um uh, um a genetic immune deficiency disease. It's a genetic chronic illness. And so oftentimes I'm sick and, um, I, you know, you can get angry and bitter at God when you don't feel well very easily. But I have learned that through, um, pain and suffering and through these experiences where, um, I go through suffering, um, God blesses me extremely and, you know, Solomon, when he asked for, and um, he asked, you know, God said, what, what can I give you? You know, anything you want. And God, uh, Solomon asks God for wisdom. And that word was really understanding. Um, and that mm. word can also mean empathy, empathy. And, and we get empathy through, by going through things. So I want to encourage your listeners that if you have experienced sexual assault, you need to, first of all, report it. You can't keep it a secret. It's too much of a burden to bear. Secondly, you need to um, surrender your heart back to Christ. Third, you need to bless those that curse you. Um, and fourth, you need to start thinking and start praying because you may not be able to see them right now. I know I didn't for years after becoming a Christian, but start praying that God will reveal to you the benefits what what he's going to bless you with through your suffering. So I, I want to encourage people that if you have been through sexual assault, abuse, um, any kind of abuse, really, 
I want you to think about the the people that that this may be your ministry. That mm. what has hurt you the most might be what God is trying to use you for the most. And when what happened to my child happened to my child and I got the worst call a mother could get, I started to realize this has touched my life incredibly in so many different ways. And I think God is trying to tell me that this this is where this is because I was like, God use me, God use me. Why isn't God using? Me? I want to be I want God to use me. And you know, we my children and I we would go door to door and we do all kinds of stuff. But I really wanted to um, help people that uh, to understand the kind of father that God can be. And this was the ministry that God was calling me to. And I want to encourage your listeners that whatever they've been through, um, um, Christ can use it. He can use it. Mm. And so the fifth and last step that I'm going to cover is, um, um, you know, you can go through all five of these steps and more sometimes for, uh, for people who have survived abuse in a day because um, trauma can come back. You know, Joseph, um, in, in the story of being sold into slavery, um, he demonstrates the symptoms of having trauma because he's he puts the cut back in their, their satchels and he's worried that they're going to take out their anger on their, his littlest brother, Benjamin. You know, that worry that it's going to happen again. Joseph experienced that. We see that in the Bible. Mm. Um, Trauma is, is, is tricky, but I want to encourage your listeners that the fifth step, and this is, the, this is something that's just so important to me, is that you have to have a daily worship with the Lord, mm. even if it's just 15 minutes in the morning. Uh, we, we as victims, as survivors, uh, we have to change our thoughts and our self-talk and, and the way we talk to, to the way we relate to God. All of that has to be shifted, has to change. And we need Bible study and prayer. The only thing that will change your brain, the way somebody who's been traumatized needs it to be changed, is the Bible and prayer. There's, there's, you have to rely on Christ. He has to become the only source of power in your life. Um, particularly at the start of the day is when I have mine, uh, my worship. Um, I spend um, an hour or more um, in the morning. And if I have to get up extra early because of all my children, I have to get up extra early because I cannot sacrifice that time. It is critical to my walk to be able to um, set my brain right, to not be thinking and dwelling on negative um, thoughts, especially, you know, if the holidays come or that certain time of year comes where um, something really bad happened, you have to cling to the cross. Mm -hmm. um, Psalms 23, 2 says, he leads me by the still waters and he restores my soul. Um, I got some sheep <laughs> because I wanted to understand the 23rd Psalm better. Mm. And so I became a shepherdess. Wow. And one of the things you learn um, or that I researched and found and, and was able to find out was that the stillest of the waters is the morning dew. Because mm. the sun comes up and burns it up. But the stillest of the waters in Psalm 23, 2, and David knew this. He was a shepherd. He knew that the stillest of all waters was the morning dew. 
And so David would rise early like the good shepherd, and he would take his sheep out to get that morning dew. And I believe the Bible is telling us that the still, the stillest waters are the morning waters. Mm. And to take that time before your day starts, before those thoughts start, before the tapes of um, start playing in your head that, you know, you're not good enough or there's too much, you know, you're thinking of shame and, and all these different things that, um, you know, when the you know, enemy starts shooting fiery, fiery darts at you, get that time in first in the morning. You, you may not have a perfect day. You know, that doesn't guarantee you a perfect day, but it guarantees you a power in Christ if you are going to the Bible and you are praying that Christ will be in you and live in you and live his life in you. That gives us power because you can follow all these steps. You know, five steps can go out the window really fast. Yes. If Jesus is not in your heart and he's not living his life in you. So, um, you know, I just want to encourage your listeners that, um, even if I heard one Christian author say that um, even if you have to read a children's Bible um, just to 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 get um, in touch with the Word of God, it has supernatural healing strength, and it will heal trauma. The Bible will do that. Mm. Um, that's the Word of God creating life in our hearts. Amen. Thank you for that. And I couldn't agree with you more. That is really good advice and advice that will change your life if you will accept it. Dear listener, we're just going to take a short break. You are listening to By the Word of Their Testimony. And my guest via Skype from the California is Suzanne V. Meister. We're just going to give you our contact details and we'll be right back after this. Stay tuned. Thank you for joining us on By the Word of Their Testimony. If you would like more information about today's program, Or if you have any questions, please contact 3ABN Australia Radio by phoning 0249733456 or you can send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. You can also contact us on our 3ABN Australia Radio Facebook page. We look forward to hearing from you. Dear listener, welcome back. I hope you've got those contact details. And if there's anything in the program, even some of the details we're going to give you now that you have not uh, written down or forgotten, please contact us on our regular email address or even our phone number. But if you have been a victim of abuse or you are a person related to that and you've been traumatized by that, there is a 24-hour hotline that you can ring. It is 1-800- 737732 so that's 1-800-737732 or you can go to a website called 1-800-RESPECT so that's 1-800-RESPECT.org.au now my special guest is Suzanne Vmeister who is busy preparing for a second book the first book she wrote was Rebel Girl the Fatherless Daughter the second book is Rebel Girl Recovered and in that uh, in our program today you were sharing those five points in regards to helping people to recover and also going past their bitterness and anger so that they can experience forgiveness not only for them between them and God but for them and also those people who have hurt and abused them so I wonder if you can just take us through that and also share your contact details with us, please, Suzanne. My privilege. Um, so the first step, and this is by no means an exhaustive list, it's um, pulling out the basic steps um, from my framework for my book. 
So um, one is report bringing secrets to the light. You have to report abuse. Um, you have to, to. You can't carry the burden of that secret. Mm. Two, you have to surrender your heart back to Christ, even if you're already a Christian. You have to, if you're harboring um, you know, anger and hatred in your heart, you have to give your heart back to Christ. Um, and third, you've got to bless, start blessing those that curse you. Mm. Fourth is um, start praying. Uh, and recognizing the benefits of uh, what happened to you um, so that God can use it to be the greatest blessing in your life. And the fifth one is you've got to have daily worship with the Lord. Um, and, and then uh, my website is uh, my to keep up with our family. And we also do um, some biblical counseling on these principles is vmeister.com that's v-y-h-m-e-i-s-t-e-r.com but if you're in the car and you can't write that down just go to vyh.co and it'll direct you to our site okay wonderful dear listener thank you for joining us today on by the word of their testimony my special guest via skype from california has been suzanne vmeister Suzanne, thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your testimony and also that good counsel and advice that has come obviously through your own personal experiences and also from your study of the Scriptures. I have been blessed by it, and I know that our listener out there has been blessed as well. So, dear listener, God be with you until we meet you next time. You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.